You're listening to Banter with the Boys, talking all things sports. From betting and brawls, Super Bowl to Stanley Cup Finals. Get laced up. It's time for Banter with the Boys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Banner with the Boys. We are back at you with some NFL talk. It's been far too long, and we are back. We're going to be doing this weekly, recapping some of the NFL season. We're a little bit into it at this point, obviously, as week five is upon us. Um, but today I have with me Mr. Smelty. How you doing? How you feeling? Good, sir. Hey, man. Well, I'm just I'm just happy to be back at this NFL pod. Uh, it's been too long. Happy to talk some more football. And I'm still not a millionaire, so I'm... You know, let, let's um, let's let's talk about these uh, professional millionaires here and try to try to get some change. <laughs> let's do it, man. Let's do it. So typically, we would also have our brother Kyle with us as well. However, he is under under the weather this week, so he is going to take a week off and hopefully be back with us next week. We wish you the best and well, quick recovery here, Kyle. And as always, we have Mr. Kevin on the ones and twos. Couldn't do it without you, brother. We do appreciate you, good sir. Well, let's get in the meat and potatoes here, Smelty. We have week five. Just happened this past weekend, going into Monday as well with my Packers playing. Well, I mean, I guess they, they did play a game. You can't really say they showed up. But before we get into that, we're going to kick it over to your Vikings, sir. Big matchup against Patrick Mahomes and the Swifties, the Kansas City Chiefs. Is that? Oh my God! Just th- they're probably gonna have a a fan section now called the Swifties. You know that it's gonna happen. I, I actually um, during the game I did see somebody with a custom jersey that had eighty seven on it and then said Swifty as the last name. I was like, Oh Lord Jesus! It's already started. It has already started. But yes, my Vikings did play a game against the Chiefs. Uh, a winnable game. They played well. I think defensively they played very well. Um, it just it just wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough. I mean, the Viking season as a whole right now is weird, right? I mean, last year they were eleven and zero in one score games, and so far every game they've played this year is a one score game, which means they are one and four in one score games this year. Um, which actually a lot of us fans that are at least can understand the game knew that that was a possibility. I mean, going 11-0 and in one-score games, how likely is that to happen again? Very unlikely. However, you know, as a, as a fan, you know, we felt we had a, a pretty good team going into the season. And again, like seven, we've given, not, not we, right? Especially not we right now. I don't play for the Vikings. Um, Let that be known. Smelty does not play for the Vikings. (laughs) Just so y'all know, you're right. Like I stated earlier, I'm not a millionaire. Um, But so far, they've given up, given up seven turnovers in the in the first quarter, alone through five weeks. That's just crazy. I mean, you look at this past game, first offensive drive, big free agent tight end signing, John Oliver, fumbles the football. You just. You just can't do that against a Kansas City Chiefs team. I I literally saw that play, and I, I'm really good at throwing my hat. I guess um, I threw my hat <clears throat> on the ground just in my living room, you know, whatever, in in disgust because I just I couldn't believe it. You, I literally said, "You cannot make this shit up. You can't." They keep turning the ball over to start the game. You can't start a game like that. 
Yes, it's how you finish, right? Not how you start, typically in anything, right? But it's just, it's so unacceptable. And it's the same deal every week. What are they going to do to change it? I have no idea. I have no idea. So looking at the game itself, um, you know, the two quarterbacks both played pretty well, I, I would say. Um, Patrick Mahomes is just an absolute freak of nature. What he, what he can do, um, the no-look passes, the sidearm stuff. He throws it when you don't think he's about to throw it. It's, it's ridiculous. It's nasty in a good way. So obviously we know the Vikings took the L 27-20. There is a couple negatives to come out of that game from both teams, actually. Uh, so, J.J., Justin Jefferson, actually just went to IR this morning. Um, so, he is done for at least four weeks. Uh, you got Travis Kelsey, which I believe was a lower ankle sprain. or strain, Yeah, sprain. My bad. My bad. Um, I believe he might actually play. I think they play on Thursday, the Chiefs, if I remember correctly. Um, so he could play if it was a high ankle sprain, it would be a much bigger problem. But I thought I read that it was low ankle sprain. So he's, let's say he's questionable for Thursday. But other than that, um, it looks like you had a question for me, Tyler. Yeah, man. So as, as a Vikings fan, it's, you had the, the utmost luck last year with 11 and 0 in the one score game. The luck has turned around this year. Do you think this is something that they can right the wrong? Can they get the ship going? What's it going to take to get out of this little slump here? Like this season, you're saying? This season, Like what correct. can we do to you turn know, around this season? Correct. You know, it's a one in four start. I'm going to tell you what. They, they have to beat the Bears this week. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But they have to beat the Bears this week. It, let's say they lose to the Bears, right? I don't think Kirk Cousins goes anywhere. I think you're running out of time for that. I think... Like the Jets, right? May, would maybe make a move, but I think you're running out of time for that. Um, I think you see Daniil Hunter get traded. I think he's gone. He's on a one-year deal, I think 20 mil. Um, I don't see him back in purple next season anyway. I think you get what you can for him um, and go from there. I I do believe I will. I'll, I'll leave you at this. I do believe that if they see J.J. as their long-term plan, so he's under contract this season and next season, if they want to keep J.J. here, they need to re-sign Kirk Cousins. Uh, unless they have some sort of magic plan for some other veteran quarterback. But I don't think if like if you tank, I don't know if J.J.'s really going to have the patience for a rookie quarterback. He likes Kirk. He, he, he came out this spring and said, I like Kirk being my quarterback. I, I love catching passes from him. And, yeah, that could be a PR move, right? You're on the same team as the guy. You don't want to piss him off right before the season. But I think that's, like, I think he wants to play with a veteran quarterback. I don't think he's going to have the patience to want to play with a rookie quarterback. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. That's interesting. That's interesting. There's not a lot of Vikings fans here in Minnesota right now that, A, want Kirk back. Two, think he's coming back. Or three, think he'll be here by the end of the year at this point. But uh, I have yet to actually hear him, anybody say that, you know, it's what it's going to take to get J.J. back. I don't, I don't know if I would necessarily agree with that. You know, I think the veteran quarterback, that's out of the equation. There's nobody that you're going to sign that's going to give you a better chance of winning and capitalizing J.J.'s prime than someone like Kirk Cousins. You know, they did just veteran top-tier quarterbacks just simply don't hit the market. So I think... I don't know if the Vikings will end up having a bad enough season to get a Caleb Williams. I just don't know if I could see. I, I don't think it's going to be that extent. But, you know, there's the prospects of the Drake Mays, the Bo Nixes, the Shudder Sanders. 
is would that be tempting enough for JJ to give it one or two years and maybe sign a one or two year deal, which is the kind of direction the receivers are going so they can re up again when that market increases? I, I don't know. That's interesting. I, I don't, I, if I was JJ, whether it's Kirk Cousins or a rookie quarterback, if I'm going to resign with the Vikings, I don't think I would sign more than a two year deal with maybe a third year player option. So, so if the Vikings lay down some fat deal right in front of JJ, you think he may not sign that? With the uncertainty at the quarterback position, you're saying because I mean I agree with you because I think I think that's true, right? And and I also agree that I don't think the Vikings will have a bad enough season to land a Caleb Williams, um, even though the Vikings low key are one of the five teams that he unofficially but officially but still unofficially said that he would want to play for in the NFL. Um, I don't think Bo Nix is enough. Drake may, maybe. Listen, listen, I, I like Bo. I like Bo, and he's doing better in the Oregon system than, I, than, than he did in, I believe he played for Auburn. I remember seeing him in the SEC. Um, I don't know, bro. I, we'd have, we'll have to see Bo in the NFL, but I don't think that's enough to keep J.J. here. But I like your idea, though. Sign a two-year deal and see, and see what the Vikings do. You put, it, you put it in their hands then. You sign two years, let's say the Vikings don't do anything. Okay, now you leave. For sure. And that's from a Vikings fan. That hurts because J.J.'s like a second coming of Randy Moss. I'm serious. But I, I, I feel it. I feel it. But enough about my Vikings. We've already talked way too long about a team that's 1-4 right now. What about your Packers, bro? Because I I saw a game last night that, that was on TV um, that didn't go the way of some of my, my local friends here. There's too many Packer fans in Minnesota as is, but... What uh, what did you see? Well, Smelty, I can't say I really enjoyed watching any part of that game that I did bear witness to last night. The Packers, I, I don't know, man. The Is Aaron Jones that important to an offense where if you look at our week one, even week two and three, yeah, we didn't win, win the week two game against the Falcons, but uh, this offense is just flat without Jonesy in the backfield. A.J. Dillon doesn't seem to know how to find a hole, let alone hit one. The, the guy's huge, and I, I don't know. That's a whole nother story. He's a complimentary back. You know, he's nothing more than a complimentary back at this point. He's in a contract year. He says how much he wants to stay in Green Bay, but at this point, why, why would we keep him? Saying that, he did have his best performance with 76 yards. However, he only averaged 3.8 yards a carry. You know, we didn't have a huge semblance of a run game, and that led to Jordan Love doing apparently what he's going to do this year and hover around the 50-55% completion percentage mark. And I just don't simply seem to understand how you can do that in a Matt LaFleur offense that's designed on those underneath, those get the ball out of your hands really quick, and then open up that free agency, or sorry, not free agency, open up that, that play action to get that ball down the field. We took a couple shots. We hit Christian Watson on one that was a blown coverage by the Raiders. And on that play, you could argue that was one of the plays of the games with Marcus Peters actually horse-collaring Christian Watson and preventing him from scoring a touchdown, which then the Raiders held the Packers to a field goal. But the, the, the story of the game is the offense and the Packers just coming out flat. Jordan Love is not anything close to what we saw in the first two games of the year I I, I just don't know I mean I, I'm a lucky guy with being blessed with Favre Rogers just this, this awesome quarterback play Hall of Fame legendary quarterback play 
being a Packers fan, I've never really had to worry about a losing season. Like missing the playoffs is rare. So it, I, I feel like this is going to be a rebuilding year. You know, we're the youngest team in the league. Our offense is obviously young. David Bakhtiari being out, don't know if he's ever going to play down with the Packers with the $40-plus million cap hit next year. Why would we even want to bring that back at this point? I, I mean, it, it's this year is going to be a lot of disappointment because I feel like we're going to hang around and be in the games because our defense is pretty good. But I just don't see us winning games. You even look at the Saints game. It took Jameis Winston running the Saints to come back in 17 points in the fourth quarter. We beat a Jameis Winston-led Saints, having to come back from a 17-point deficit that Derek Carr put him in, and a Bears team that was apparently a different team than the last two weeks because they've looked incredible the last two weeks offensively. So I don't know what to really say at this point. Just disappointment across the board. Well, defense looked good, holding the Raiders to 17 points. Now, granted, it's the Raiders. Their offense is pretty miserable too. So Well, I mean, you got Devondre Campbell on that defense, at Minnesota boy, you know, but... Yeah, he's but, been hurt. Uh, he hasn't played in three weeks. Oh, really? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't even know if he's going to be. So we got a bye week next oh, week. He hopefully God. will be back after that. But So not only that, Quay Walker got hurt, got in, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was a concussion. So we're already playing with Quay Walker and Isaiah, or is it Isaiah Duffy? One of them, yeah, it's Isaiah Duffy on the Packers. Trent Duffy's the, the chief. Mm. Um, so we're already playing with the third string in as the backup with, yeah, so... Yeah, I like Quay. That's a that's a loss too. That dude, I like the way he plays. He's an athletic fella. Um, Bakhtiari, forty mil cap hit next year. Yeah, what a great deal. Holy I mean, it was holy cow. It was designed where they're gonna restructure, add whatever void years or whatever you want to do. But yeah, man, it's a hefty cap. No, hit. that handcuffs you guys bad. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, well, that is the luxury of having such a young team is we don't have any of those huge contracts on the books really. But not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Jordan Love's going to uh, want a, want a contract. If I'm not mistaken, um well this is his fourth year so he has next year yeah so he has a he has this mm-hmm. year and next year left on his deal. Mhm. Um I mean it's it's got to be Aaron Jones. That's got to be the biggest difference, you know, cuz obviously AJ Dillon's not getting it done on the ground right now for sure. So it's got to be it's got to be Aaron Jones. Like that that that's a huge loss for your offense right now. Yeah, and he's always been one of the most underrated backs in the league, in my opinion. He's never really gotten his his due his due credit. And I mean, when he got twelve playing behind center, it's hard to give anybody else credit. But like, he's he's a really good freaking back, and he's missed. So hopefully, the bye week gets him right, and he comes back, and we can we can turn it on because the NFC is just wide open right now. It's a pitiful conference. You know, there's two powerhouses at the top. One of them got exposed, which we'll hop into right now. Unless if you have anything else on the Packer game you want to talk shit about with? Nah, let's run it. Alright, so we had America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, traveling up to Santa Clara and going to play the San Francisco 49ers, who are just an absolute buzzsaw right now. <laughs> wow, that offense is buzzing. That defense is just ferocious. I don't know what else to say at this point. That mixed in with Dak looking bad. Dak looked bad this weekend. He did. He, in my opinion, he had time to throw the ball. He had time to go through his reads for the most part, right? Um, that first pick by Dak, that was horrible. I, now, I get it. I think his first pick came when they were down 28-10, to 10, and he throws a deep ball on man coverage, and you have a sit. And But 
the Niners had safety help over the top. How do you not see the safety help, bro? How do you not see that dude? Was he was he, was he blended in with the? Were they home? Were they in Dallas? Weren't they? No, they were away at the 49ers. So dude just blended in with the logo then. The whole, the logo on midfield. I don't know. I don't know how you don't see that safety going over to help the man. And it's not like the receiver had his man beat. He didn't. It was great man coverage. I don't know who the who the corner was. Great coverage. And he still throw that ball. And then his second pick tip was a little tip pick. You know, I don't blame him too much for that. But he's still throwing to a receiver that was covered. And the third one was bad. Just bad. He, he threw it straight to him. He threw it straight to him. He overthrew his receiver by 10, 12 yards? Yeah, dude. So, no, that was the first one. That's the first one I'm talking about, I'm pretty sure. The safety comes over the top, and he overthrows him by a long shot. I know what you're talking about. I'm pretty sure that was that first one. Gotcha. The third gotcha, one was gotcha. like a middle linebacker, outside linebacker, whatever, covering the flats or whatever. He throws it right to him. Throws it right to him. It was ridiculous. Like, I don't, I don't know what he's looking at. Obviously, he's trying to make a play. They're getting... I have 28-10, that's not good. You're I want don't want to say you're getting blown out, but you you're on the way to getting blown out, which happened. I I don't know. It looked it looked bad compared to Purdy. Let's talk about Purdy. How much longer can we say that he's a product of Kyle Shanahan's system? 17 to 24, 252, four touchdowns, 144.4 quarterback rating. He has the weapons. He has all the weapons. He has, in my opinion, ah, it's not far and away the best weapons in the league. Him and the Dolphins, or him, the the Niners and the Dolphins, I would say, are 1A, 1B in terms of the offensive weaponry and talent. But there's a steep decline after that. And the guy doesn't make mistakes. He's smart. And he's putting the ball in windows that good quarterbacks put him in, and bad quarterbacks just don't make the throws. And his pocket presence, too. Like... Yes, he got good protection this weekend, but knowing when that pocket is collapsing, a lot of that is almost is almost uncoachable. You have to feel it, you have to sense it, or catch it out your peripheral, whatever it may be. But as you watch him play and how he moves inside the pocket, that's that's next level. What he's doing is next level. You almost cannot. He'll he'll always be Mister Irrelevant, but. He's living up past that name, for sure. You look at Mr. Irrelevant. How can the Niners build the team around him and get all that weaponry and that talent? Because you're paying for a seventh-round quarterback. The Jaguars are paying for the first overall pick in Trevor Lawrence two years ago. Yeah, they've been able to put talent. They, they've spent money the last two off-seasons. But you can't go out and sign the players the Niners are signing. Now, don't get me wrong. John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan are drafting spectacularly as well. And they're great schematic fits. You know, it doesn't matter who's coaching the Niners defense at this point. They've been through Raheem Morris, D'Amico Ryans, now Steve Wilkes. The defense doesn't change. They're gonna they're perennial top five. I would even argue top three defense. You can they're plug and play guys outside of the Fred Warners, the Nick Bosa's. Don't get me wrong, those are generational talents. But you look at their secondary, there's not one star studded secondary player. The only one you can make an argument for is Tredavious Ward. Now, Talanoa Hofunga has come into popped off the last two years, but you also really didn't hear of him after week five or six last year when he had that hot start. They're, they're just an all-around built, solid football team. So are the 49ers the best team in the league right now? 
I don't think you can say they're not. Their offense can't be stopped. Their defense isn't going anywhere, hasn't gone anywhere for the last handful of years. Their defense seems to only be improving. I mean, Nick Bosa didn't have any sort of offseason with the team, so he's only going to get stronger. He really hasn't been a presence this season yet. If you really look at it and think about it, like, yeah, he's more than just stats, what he brings to the defense, but I just don't see... In all honesty, I really don't see a weakness on this football team. Their special teams are stout. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, they do rank, what, number two in offense right now in the league and number three in defense. I mean, that's they're, 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 they are probably the best team in the NFL. I do think that Philly can challenge them. I think Philly's offense is good enough. I think their defense is young. They have a really good young defensive core that has already won a national championship at Georgia. So I think you just need to give them a little more time and go from there. Now, you have an aging Darius Slay back there for Philly. But, other, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I think, I think Philly would challenge them, though, for the NFC crown, at least. I would agree. I think Philly's the only team in the NFC that could even give them anything close to a run for their money just because of their offense. And their defense, when they need to make a big play, they make a big play. Yeah, they've given up quite a few points this year. But overall, I mean, they're, they're solid foundational pieces at every level of the defense. They have the experience. You know, they are young, yes, but they have, you know, the, the, the SEC prowess, the playoffs the last couple of years. You know, there's not too many players left on the team that played in the Super Bowl, but there's still a handful left over. And I, I just don't think that, to me, when you look at the Niners and the Eagles, you, you could go back and forth all day in terms of the overall talent. I think ultimately what it comes down to is Kyle Shanahan versus Nick Sirianni. And I'm taking Kyle Shanahan every single day of the week. I think I can agree on that, no doubt. Um, yeah, I guess I got nothing else to say on that matter of it. Um, so what about the AFC? Who do you think in the AFC? Because the AFC, I mean, if you were to ask me three weeks ago, I would say the Dolphins, no question about it. But then the Bills presumably figured out a way to shut down that Dolphins offense. And then the Bills laid an egg in London. Fluke. I I think that's a fluke. I think the Dolphins offense is stupid. I well give it give it give it time, right? We're only five weeks in. Anything can happen. You're gonna have more injuries. That's 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 just a matter. A matter of fact. You know, so You look I, at the Bills and the injuries though. The Bills have gotten the injury bug every single one of the last couple of years and they have it right now. And they were still able they they lost Trey White in that game against the Dolphins. Have they won a Super Bowl yet? Have the Dolphins? The Bills. No. They've overcame the injuries, but they keep falling short. Yeah. I think the Dolphins have what it what it could take to go that extra bit to to win the AFC. Do I think they beat the Chiefs? No. I think the only reason I would disagree with you in terms of the Dolphins having what it takes, the defense can't stop a fucking nosebleed. And they had a lot of injuries early. So... The, the only key p- component, it's a big one, that they're missing on their defense right now is Jalen Ramsey. Facts. But Jalen Ramsey doesn't affect the run game. Isn't Xavier Howard out too? No, Xavier Howard's been playing. I thought he was out to start the season at least. But the, the, the biggest concern for me with the Dolphins, though, it's not so much their secondary because they do have, you know, when Xavier Howard is, is healthy and playing, he's a top 
six, seven quarterback in the league. Jalen Ramsey's top one or three, obviously. He's top three. And then they have Javon Holland back there at safety, who's young, but he's, an, he's a stud. He doesn't get any flowers that he's due, but he's a stud. So I, I think they have the pieces. I'm I'm more worried about their front seven and their run game. And they have not been able to pressure the passer. They traded for Bradley Chubb, gave him all that money. He hasn't been a, worth a damn. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And it turns out I'm tripping on Xavier Howard anyway. Like, I guess he did play since the first week. So I'm whatever. I, I could have sworn they lost him and Jalen Ramsey. but um, So just ignore me. Whatever. That's fine. Um but, yeah, I mean, in the AFC, for me, it's still the Chiefs. It still runs through Arrowhead because of Patrick Mahomes. He, I, I want, I don't want to, I'm not saying I want to hate him, but I'm trying to find flaws in his game. Every, every game I happen to catch of his, whatever, of course, they just beat the Vikings. Um, but every time I see him play, I try to find a flaw or something like, hey, oh, he's got to work on that, right? But, like. I don't know. The only thing that I could say to that is he forces the ball in a lot of situations and he gets bailed out, I would say, more so more so than other quarterbacks with the defenses simply dropping interceptions. It's an impossible thing to really track. And if you're going to have a flaw as a quarterback, the defense dropping the ball, if that's the only thing you can pinpoint... When it's not something that is consistently happening by any means, but if you if you can't improve anything besides when you do get that one throw that the defense might drop, I'd say that's a pretty damn good flaw to have. Is you're throwing the ball so good the defense can't even catch it. So the the biggest thing where I think the Chiefs are gonna start excelling more so too is they've actually started to get Pacheco in the run game involved. They're getting him going so they have some sort of balanced offense. They're not just relying on Travis Kelsey. We all know the struggles they've had at the receiving core. So I think with that balanced offense and then with Steve Spagnuolo as the defensive coordinator, he's probably one of, if not the best, schematic defensive coordinator in the game. He can scheme against any high-profile offense and just seem to shut down the, the piece that makes them excel. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I agree with everything you're saying about Pacheco. Um, I think Pacheco and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire are low-key becoming like an under-the-radar one-two punch. Um, they still used... Uh, Edward Solaire this weekend more in like a power back role. Uh, I guess we'll see, right? And then you had Chris Jones return on the defense this year, uh, which was a big deal. I think he sat out, was it just the first game? It might have been the first two, just the first game. So I, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but enough talk about the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Another quarterback in the AFC I'd like to mention would be Lamar Jackson. Um they had a big game this weekend against the Pittsburgh Steelers, division game. Yeah, it was a really sloppy game with uh, a Lamar pick in the fourth quarter in the end zone. Uh, that was ugly. With four, with four minutes left, that was an ugly ugly pass. Shouldn't have happened. And then he fumbles. Uh, they get the ball back, and then he and then Lamar fumbles with under a, uh, just over a minute left in the game. Um, now, I'm not saying, you know, ultimately the Ravens lost this game, as you may or may not know. The Steelers took the lead in the division now at 3-2. and two. Um, The Ravens are also 3-2, and two, but obviously the Steelers now have that tie break. Um, but it wasn't all on Lamar. His receivers had a lot of drops. Almost, or not almost, it was eight drops, and almost two of them could have been TDs. If your receivers are out there dropping, not sure TDs, but closest thing to it without it being a sure thing, you can't win those games. 
So I just, it's, I don't know. Zay Flowers fell on a, on a deep route that, that was six. It's just one thing after another for, for the Ravens, man. So that was the only thing I really wanted to mention about it was how sloppy it was. And, you know, TJ Watt coming up at the end with a sack to seal it. Um, but Pittsburgh's got to work on their, oh, it's stagnant. You have George Pickens. That's it. That's, that's all you got right now. Pickett's looking iffy. Um, I, I guess we'll see with Pittsburgh, but at the moment, they lead the AFC North. Yeah, I don't know how many more games the Pittsburgh's going to go with Matt Canada behind the offensive play calling. I mean, what more do you need to see to prove that this guy just simply isn't it? They have talent. They came into the years what was projected to be a really good offensive line. They have vastly underplayed. They have talent on offense. I mean, you have Najee Harris. He hasn't done a damn thing. Jalen Warren's come out, been impressive. You have George Pickens. Just throw the guy the damn ball at this point. Why wouldn't you? The guy goes up, he makes these stupid catches, and he comes down with the ball. No kidding. I mean, I was just thinking earlier today, I don't know if you remember when we were kids, there was that show called Sports Science. Um, I don't remember what channel it was on, Discovery, maybe, I don't know. Um, but they, they did a little football segment all the time, or what, sports science, whatever. So it was whatever sport. I want to know what George Pickens' catch radius is, because like you said, you just throw the ball up to him, man, and then you have what? What's his name? Uh, the tight end, Pat Fairmuth or whatever. That hey, that dude can get you a first down. There's your first down, man. You got your, I don't even want to say deep threat. Your whatever threat in George Pickens, and then you you got to get the run game established with Najee Harris. He's a good back. Get him going, man. You got you got to get that run game going to open up the passing game. Yeah, this offense is just stagnant. It's it's sad to watch, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, Kenny Pickett, I was pretty... I thought Pitchford was a great fit for him. Hometown kid, goes into Pittsburgh. It's who everybody wanted in Pittsburgh. I don't know how much we can put it on Kenny Pickett at this point with how elementary this, this play calling is. You look at the, the pass to Pickens, puts him up this 17-10 lead that they eventually won by the game-winning score. They go to the box. Everybody in the offensive box is just rearing, cheer, roaring, cheering. Matt Canada is stone-faced. Looks like he's up. He, he looks unhappy to be there. It might not have been his play call then. You know so I mean? it Make... wasn't his play call, uh, whoa, if you actually look at it. So Matt, Matt Canada called the play. The play that Pickens scored on, Kenny Pickett audible the Randy Randy, which everybody's leading to believe it's Randy Moss, Pickens. And so Pickett, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful play at the line, recognizing what you have. You have Pickens outside against man coverage, no safety help, and he's pressed up against him. Randy Randy hits him on that deep ball, scores the touchdown. You go to Matt Canada, is he upset that? Pickett audibled out of it and scored and just showed, well, hey, maybe Kenny Pickett should run this offense. <laughs> right, yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's got to be what it is. It's got to be what it is. So, I don't know. With that, Steelers are in the the lead of the North. Um, yeah, Ravens got some work to do. Needless to say, they got to – I don't know if they got to hit the jug machine this week for the receiving room or what, but uh, they better be ready to play against the Titans this week. Well, that's enough about week five. So we haven't really prefaced how we're going to do this podcast, so I'll do a little intermediate in the middle of the podcast if we had better planning, uh, more so on my behalf. I probably would have done this from the jump, let you know how this podcast is going to go. But, hey, we play it by ear around here. So 
the first thing we're going to do every week is we're going to go over a recap of last week's predictions. So as we didn't have a podcast last week, we just had to just recap a couple of the games that we thought were the marquee matchups. But going forward, we will have five games every week that we will predict and then also recap the following week's podcast with. Two of those games will be the Packers or Vikings just due to our hometown fanhood. And just, you know, that's that's really why we watch football is to watch our favorite teams play. Um, In the case of a bye week, for example, the Packers this week are on bye week. We'll just pick another game that week so we can always have that five game slate, which we will then predict the, the slate at the end of the podcast and then have a running tally each week. We'll keep you updated on that. And as we all know, I'll probably finish up top anyway. So... Oh my god, I'm sorry I was so late to that. I was like listening to what you were saying and I was like, yeah, this is all really good and then you came with like complete bullshit at the end, but I guess whatever. Like you got to make filler filler info, right? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So before we get into the the five mark here, the five games we're going to do next week, we're going to get into the injuries. So we're going to call this the tent talk segment of the podcast. It could be big injuries that happened the week before. It could be some big signings that happened. It's the NFL. We don't really have the trade deadline like we do in the NBA. But if there's any big trades that happen, we'll just look at everything kind of all together and lump it into this section. We're going to call tent talk. Um, as you know, there is the blue tent on the sidelines of the NFL now, so We're trying to be kind of as witty as we can here, but 10 talk for you this week. The first thing we're going to start with is just a couple of big injuries that we saw in the league. Uh, The biggest injury you can make an argument for in the whole, you know, the whole, the whole slate of games was Matt Milano on the Buffalo builds going down with a fractured right leg. He is done for the year. As we know, the bills also lost Trey white to an Achilles injury last year. He's also done for the year. You can make an argument. Those are the two best defensive players on that team. Now they do have the safeties. You can make that argument for with against with Vaughn Miller coming back. He's always going to be up there. But if you look at the integral pieces of that team, Matt Milano, he's been one of the most underrated backs in the league for a number of years. Now he finally got some recognition last year with some all pro and all pro pro bowl records recognition Um, but that's a huge hit to that Buffalo defense who when you look at the inside linebacking or just the you know those middle backers in there they lost Tremaine Edmonds to the Bears in the offseason Matt Milano is expected to come in and fill that role they don't have anybody to step in right now they're relying on you know first and second year players to fill that role and that that's a tough ask to do in that loaded AFC West with well I guess what once would believe the loaded AFC West before Rodgers got hurt but I think that's going to be a really, really lasting, important injury for the Bills' success this season. No kidding. I mean, a huge loss defensively for the Bills. Uh, Right now, Josh Allen doesn't... I mean, he's playing well, right? And I think a number of like high-end analysts are claiming him to be the the MVP of the league right now. It's him and somebody else. I can't remember who. Um, But to be honest with you, what I've seen from Josh Allen the last few years, I mean, he needs all the help he can get on defensively defensively I mean and losing both those guys is just just such a huge loss we'll see how they can recover from that honestly um I I guess we'll see um I do want to mention another AFC injury if that's okay with you um Anthony Richardson going down with a possible sprained AC joint uh it could, it could be a lengthy injury. Uh, I saw a tweet today that said 6 to 12 weeks, but again, anybody can go on Twitter or rather X or whatever whatever the heck it's called now. Um, so I don't really know, but not, not looking good. And for those of you that want to say that Anthony Richardson needs to kind of, 
you know, take a step back a little bit or maybe, you know, stay in the pocket a little bit. I, I, I want to agree with you so badly, but I think he's just gotten unlucky this season, to be honest. Seeing the plays that he's gotten injured on, I think it's just unlucky. Um, but one thing I will say is, you know, watching Lamar, we just touched on the Lamar Jackson game um, against Pittsburgh. And one thing I did see from him that I think Anthony Richardson should start doing is stay in the pocket more. Um, go through your reads first before you run. Anthony Richardson is almost, he's not run first, but he's as close as you can get, you know. And that was Lamar Jackson right away. And Lamar was getting injured and injured and injured. And now you're seeing him stand in the pocket more, move around the pocket a little bit more, and find an open receiver rather than using his legs. However, when he does use his legs, it's killer, right? And that's Anthony Richardson to a T. Same deal. He can be killer if he uses his legs. It's just a matter of when, right? He needs to start making his reads first and and just kind of go from there. Um, One other injury thing I did want to mention. Oh, you got something on Anthony Richardson? What's up? Yeah, so the the thing with Anthony Anthony Richardson, I do agree with you. Where I I think the the learning to stay in the pocket and be comfortable in the pocket that comes with time. He's a rookie. He's five games into his NFL career. You know he's going to learn that over time. But I agree. The people saying that he needs to you know protect his body more, or stop running and scrambling as much. You're taking away what makes the kid great. You know he's going to extend the play. He's going to give you that read option. You know run play running ability. Would I do I think he needs to learn how to avoid contact better? Maybe take some to a jujitsu classes to learn how to fall? No, not necessarily. I mean I think it just comes with time. You look at the, this past weekend, it was a routine tackle. He fell on his shoulder. You know, it, it to me, it just reminded me of when Rogers broke his cal- collarbone when Anthony Barr tackled him. You know, the plays are different with with Bit Barr hitting him in the backfield and, you know, going for the sack versus Richardson running. But the, the 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 way they fouled, the injuries look very similar. Now, Richardson, less degree, didn't break a collarbone, luckily. Um, but it's you also you can't hide the fact that the kids played in four games and he's gotten hurt in four games. No doubt, and it, and again, it's like a um, like a play style, right? Like so, Anthony Richardson at Florida, uh, Lamar Jackson at Louisville. You can rely on a guy's legs at, at college, even at the D1 level. If they're good enough, Sanders, you know, he can run too. But it's not his main thing at Colorado. He throws the ball. You know, he still looks downfield first and then makes the play, right? I'm not saying he's better than these guys by any means, but I'm saying I guess the point I'm trying to make is like Lamar at Louisville, Anthony Richardson at Florida. Like you can carry, you can almost carry the team fully, on that now you get to the nfl it's a little bit different they already know what they got coming in that defense week one knows hey this dude killed it at florida on the leg with his legs we're gonna key on that we're gonna make sure we're paying attention to that quarterback if they're gonna try to run some crazy option we're gonna know you know so it's just i guess getting used to the nfl game and i can't talk right i've never played quarterback in the nfl i have no idea right but it's just it's just something something to keep an eye on um, I did want to mention one more AFC injury that actually may be the opposite, right? So we might be getting Austin Eckler back um, for the LA Chargers by Monday night's game, which would be a huge advantage for their offense. They've been missing them all year. The Chargers are starting to figure it out. Um, so I don't know. Look forward to that. Huge piece of that team. 
that's a big that's a big get not only for the Chargers but for a lot of fantasy owners out there. Me included, me included. But I just I don't know. It, it is a big deal, right? It, again, like we were mentioning with um, teams earlier, you got to establish the run in order to open up that deep passing. Um, and then once you start throwing it over the top, now teams are going to start playing back. They're going to start playing their linebackers back. Their their safeties are going to maybe start playing a little further back. They're going to play more zone. Now now you can run that maybe that inside zone run or what whatever it may be. And now, now they're playing back up, blitzing. Now you throw it over the top. You know, it's football's a game of chess. It really is. You gotta, you gotta kind of feel what your opponent's gonna do and kind of make a play off that. Well, that's enough tent talk. Let's get into this week's slate. We have five games for you guys. My Packers are on a bye, so unfortunately, I don't get to predict them. Well, let's say fortunately, because it's gonna be hard for me not to predict them to win, and I really just don't think they're gonna do a lot of that. So we have a special guest this week. We might do this every week. We might not. It's the first week. It's a pilot. Let's see what happens. But we're going to get the X's and the O's in the pod here. Mr. Kev Dog is going to give some predictions. Now, just a little to preface this here a little bit. Kevin doesn't follow football. So he's basing this strictly off of, well, I don't know. That That's for anybody to really decide. So... Uh, you'll have a little bit of educated guesses here with Smelty and I. Now, you can use the word educated very lightly, but we'll at least have a little bit of knowledge going into it. So we're going to kick this slate off. We have the Minnesota Vikings traveling down to the Windy City, taking on the Chicago Bears. Bears have looked good the last two weeks. The Vikings, however, go down to Chicago as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Smelty, Vikings on the road. Bears look good. Who do you got? Straight up, a non-homer pick. The Vikings, um, I, they're a better team than what their record shows. Bears are a dumpster fire. Uh, Vikings figure out how to get a win on the road. Uh, probably getting TJ Hawkinson a little more involved, and we'll look for a little bit more run game out of Madison and uh, um, Akers. What, do you, what are you thinking, uh, Tyler, for the Vikes-Bears? This one, to me, is, it, it's honestly hard to predict. Jefferson not in the game. That's huge. I think the person you need to watch this week, Jordan Addison. I got him for a buck twenty-five, two touchdowns. Vikings are going to cover that two and a half point spread. Kev Dog, wrap us up, buddy. All right. As Tyler mentioned, I don't really follow football. Hockey's my jam, but uh, I'll jump in here on this one. I'm going to go with the Bears. Uh, I don't know a ton about what's going on with them, but I do know that my boss is a diehard Bears fan and was pretty stoked about some stuff that happened earlier in the season. So we're going to ride the coattails of whatever she was happy about and uh, go with those guys. So we have Kevin being the lone dog this week, picking the Bears. All right, next game we have on the slate. To be honest with you, not a lot of marquee matchups this week. It's early in the season. There's not a ton of divisional playoff implications yet. But the uh, we, we chose four more here. We have the Cowboys going on to the West Coast, taking on the L.A. Chargers. It is a home game for the Chargers, but let's be honest, they don't really have much of those. It's predominantly going to be a Cowboys fan base. And the Cowboys go in with a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'll kick us off on this one. I think the Cowboys are going to bounce back from this week. The Chargers' defense has underwhelmed ever really since they had the, the marquee free agent signings. Khalil Mack has shown himself two weeks ago with the six sacks. But I just think this Cowboys' offense is just too loaded. And it's a get-back game for that Cowboys' defense. Cowboys win this game by a touchdown. Kev Dog, Cowboys, Chargers. Uh, again, don't follow football here, but we're going to go Chargers on this one. I'm thinking the home team takes it. Uh, obviously, the Cowboys had their issues that you guys mentioned earlier on in the pod. So, uh, short and sweet, I'm going to go uh, go Chargers on this one at the home. At home. Smelty, what do you got? 
Yeah, so I'm going Chargers, right? Uh, if Eckler is back healthy, ready to go, Chargers get the win. I'm not going to change it up. Even if Eckler's not ready to go, I think Herbert's starting to find a little bit of rhythm. Uh, I think the Chargers get the win at home. Next game we have Lions, the brand new Lions, going down to Tampa Bay, taking on the Baker Mayfield-led Buccaneers. Lions favored in this one. Three points. Kev Dog, what do you got? Going with the favorites here again. Uh, I don't know a ton about the Lions or the Buccaneers, but just uh, I just think the Lions are going to do pretty well this week. Just got a hunch. Smelzy, who do you got? Yeah, to be honest with you, I'm going Lions too. I know the Buccaneers are 3-1. and one. I think this is a week that they slow their roll and figure out like, hey, we're not as good as we think we are. I think the Lions are the real deal. Uh, they're going to run the a- um, I'm sorry, the NFC North this year as much as that hurts my soul. Um, look for Jared Goff to have a big game. Uh, what you got, Tyler? I would have to agree with you guys on this one. The Lions are the, the, the crown jewel of the NFC North at this point. I really do think they're the third or the fourth best team in the NFC. I don't believe in Baker Mayfield and the Bucks at this point. I need to see more. The NFC South is pitiful. Not quite as bad as the NFC North, but I think the Lions are going to take this one. Uh, the three points honestly kind of scares me. I could see this being a three-point game, um, but I got the Lions by they're going to cover that three points. Second to last game on the slate for us here today, we have the Colts going down to Jacksonville. Duval taking on the Jaguars. Jaguars surprisingly coming in at this one as a four-point favorite. Smeltzy, how do you feel about that? In Jacksonville, no Anthony Richardson for the Colts. However, Gardner Minshew has shown when he can come in. Uh, He's not that bad. Um, But the fact that you got to say not that bad means he's still that bad. I'm going to go ahead with the Jaguars at home. Kev, what you got, bro? Going to agree. Jaguars at home. Uh, I feel like a four-point spread is going to be tough. Just short and sweet. Tyler, bring us home, buddy. I'm going to have to disagree with you fellas on this one. I, I, I like this Colts team. I really do. They have young talent across the board. Their defense looks reju- rejuvenated. Darius Leonard playing back to what he's capable of. DeForest Buckner's a force inside. I like Gardner Minshew. I, think, I don't think you could have scripted a better backup. He knows the system. The young receiving core looks good. That Josh Downs last week looked good. And I think Justin, or, sorry, Jonathan Taylor is going to come back and, and go back to his original performance. But Zach Moss looks damn good this year so I, I got the Colts in this one I think they're going to cover that four points and I actually think they're going to win this game wow <laughs> sorry I, I I'm just wowing I, I don't know we'll see we'll see I I it'd be crazy to see that I just don't think it's going to happen but anyway go ahead go ahead my bad I think the big thing here is even if the Colts don't win that four points just seems a bit too big for me at this point in the season with how good the Colts have actually looked the Jaguars beat the Bills last week but that wasn't the Bills team we're used to seeing um, so I, I don't know. I, I just I got a feeling about this Colts team this year. That might be the game of the week for us because I'm a little I'm a little torn on that. But I, I get what you're saying. I, I, I like what you're saying. I'm interested to see how that one plays out, to be honest with you. You know, Smeltzy, we were going to save this next one for the game of the week, but I don't think I could disagree with you. Uh, we, we got the Colts Jaguars as the game of the week game to watch this week. What's your favorite matchup in that game, Smelty? Ooh, I. I'm going to have to say, I don't know, I, I guess Jonathan Taylor against the entire Colts defense. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Jonathan Taylor against the entire uh, Jaguars defense. I'm just curious to see if he's ready to play, you know, truly. Because he, he did not get that many carries this past weekend. He, he's probably kind of on a, uh, lack of better terms, a pitch count, you know. 
Um, he might still be on a pitch count going into this week. So I guess we'll kind of see what they have. But uh, I guess my matchup is Jonathan Taylor against the Jaguars' defense, specifically their defensive line. I would have to agree. I think the the big thing is going to be the Colts' running game, getting on the ground, getting running, relieve some of that pressure off of Minshew in this game and allow the Colts to uh, to, to eat offensively. I would have to agree with you there. All right, we're going to wrap up the predictions for next week here with the Seahawks traveling to Ohio, Cincinnati, and playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals looked rejuvenated last week. They played the Cardinals. Let's take it with a grain of salt. The Bengals are coming in here as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I like what I saw in the Bengals last week. I'll kick this one off. I think the Bengals are going to cover that two-and-a-half points. As much as I have DK Metcalf and Kenneth Walker on my fantasy team, let's hope they have a good week. But I, I like this this Bengals team, what they looked like last week. They're, they're who we expected. They start slow every year with Joe Burrow. He's looking more comfortable as that calf recovers. I just think the, the Bengals have something to prove right now, and they're going to come and they're going to get theirs this Sunday. Kev Dog, what are you thinking? I'm going to agree with you. I think the Bengals got it. Home team. Uh, I just think home teams usually do all right, at least from my experience in, in the NFL. Obviously, again, I don't really pay too much attention to it, but uh, I like to think that there's a big deal there and a home field advantage. So going with the Bengals. Just my thoughts. Smelty, take us home, bud. Yeah. Um, do you know, do the Seahawks for sure get Kenneth Walker back this week? Still questionable. Okay, okay. Um, I think that's a big factor. I think that's a big factor. Um, again, establishing that run game. Kenneth Walker is a, not a game changer yet, but he's shown glimpses of it. I mean, he's a good back. With or without Kenneth, I think I'm still going Bengals. Uh, I think the Bengals can still... Uh, you know, they figure out their season. They kind of started figuring it out last week. It was fun to finally see Jamar Chase actually get open. Um, so I guess we'll just see, but I'm going Bengals this week. What do you mean see him get open? He's always open. According to him, yeah, 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 for sure. For sure, he's always open, according to him, yeah, yeah. Talk about backing up your talk, man. Talk about backing up your talk. Comes out, says he's always open, then goes off for three tods. <laughs> Hey, listen, I mean, Joe Burrow's also got to get the protection, right, to be able to get to – it depends on the reads, right? If you're supposed to read the inside receiver – you know, whatever. Whatever the, the reads are, you, you got to – I don't know. I, I don't think he was open every time he says he was. I think he's as good as he says he is, for sure, 100%. Um, I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think more what he's meaning is he's always open. He could be double covered. You throw that ball up, I still give him a 25% chance anytime he goes up with that ball. He, he's just, he gets his hands on the ball. So I think that's more what he's meaning. <laughs> he said 25% chance? Against double coverage. Oh, against double coverage. Okay, okay. That's fair. Oh, that's single fair. coverage. That's fair. Raise that bad boy yeah, 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 yeah. up. That's fair. That's fair. I was like 25. Damn, that's low for a good receiver, but okay. Yeah, against, against double coverage. Against uh, double coverage. Fair enough. Well, this was an absolute blast. I, I had fun. I'm looking forward to see how these predictions turn out the rest of the week. We have them tracked here. We'll let you know exactly how they did come next week. And uh, this was an absolute blast, boys. I'm glad we got this ball rolling. We'll be back next week for week six recap. Once again, thank you for everybody for tuning in. Like, follow, support. Banner with the boys. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe. Tune in next time for more Banter with the Boys.